If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Ah, thinking about gas mileage. You know, changing your oil with a full synthetic oil like Castrol Edge can help your engine get more miles. Right now, you can get five quarts with an STP Extended Life oil filter for only $36.99. Get started on your next job today with the parts you need when you need them at AutoZone or AutoZone.com. Get in zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. This is the Steelers Preview Show on WDVE Pittsburgh, presented by Unibet. The only thing better than a Steelers win is a Steelers win that pays. Double down on your team with Unibet, proud partner of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Here are your hosts, Mike Perzuta, Matt Williamson, and Merrill Hodge. Good evening and welcome to another Thursday night edition of Steelers Preview right here on your Steelers flagship 102.5 DVE and SNR. I'm Mike Persuda, joined as always by Matt Williamson. Merrill Hodge will be joining us for segment number two as we get you ready for the Steelers and the Bengals tonight. And Matt, as we uh, like to say sometimes in the business, we have a development. <laughs> the practice participation report for today, Minka Fitzpatrick, safety, appendix, FP. That stands for full participation. What do you make of this? Right. I mean, this dude's a warrior. He's ultra competitive, was a massive leader at Bama. It's a big reason why he didn't get along with the folks in Miami that were tanking. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was like, I want to be part of a winner. And he's also a great football player. And I think they were very fortunate that the when his appendix was an issue last week, happened to be the same week that KZ came back. So he's a an adequate replacement, compliment, whatever. But I'm really excited to see them all together. Looks like the D is going to be how they drew it up in camp. Yeah, this is uh, just short of amazing to me. I was impressed enough when Fitzpatrick showed up on Sunday for the Saints game. Yeah, right. He was on the sideline. He was in the locker room. He was engaged with his teammates. A bunch of the DBs were talking about that after the Steelers' 20-10 to victory and how much they appreciated that. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick met the media briefly after practice today and explained that he was basically feeling poorly on Thursday night and didn't feel great on Friday, but he got through practice fine, got through the walkthrough on Saturday, and uh, as he put it, couldn't go to the bathroom. Okay. (laughs) So he talked to the trainers, and they gave him something to ensure that he would go to the bathroom. (laughs) Help that along. Good, good. He did, and uh, still didn't feel right, so they had him get a scan, and they did the scan, and as Minka put it, 20 minutes later, I was on the operating table. Wow. It's pretty good service. I don't know you and I get that service, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then he was at Acrisure Stadium on Sunday and the next uh, day, right? That was Saturday. That was the surgery. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's been around this week and didn't practice on Wednesday, but he practiced today. Uh, both Fitzpatrick and defensive coordinator Terrell Austin, who also spoke to the media today, as a part of uh, the much anticipated coordinator Thursday. Of course, sure, sure. Uh, Terrell said, "Hey, he'll wait until Sunday if he has to." 
Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, right. As Austin put it, I have no expectation. But as Mike Tomlin would put it, the light is being left on. Fitzpatrick said we'll see on Sunday. He's not ruling anything out. Yeah. I'm of the opinion you mentioned. Uh, first step today, though. You, you mentioned DeMonte KZ coming back last Sunday against the Saints. He hadn't played all season mm-hmm. because of the injury he suffered in uh, the preseason. I think it was the Seattle game. They wouldn't be having Minka participate fully if they didn't think there was a shot because oh, right. KZ needs the reps with the first team. It's not like he's Absolutely. been doing this all along. Absolutely. I mean, he's kind of new to the defense. He's been sitting in safety defensive back rooms, and I'm sure he knows all that part. And he's a veteran, and he's a good player. But, right, I mean, I got to think, I mean, it's total hunch Thursday night, but it, it seems like it's trending the right direction that you see Minka kickoff, which is amazing. I am with you. Uh, other notable uh, developments from today – on the south side, Noah Kello Witherspoon, again, uh, hamstring didn't work for the second consecutive day. Uh, Marcus Allen uh, getting over illness was a full participant. Devin Bush, a full participant. They're kind of uh, monitoring his knee a little bit. Mm-hmm. Same with Kevin Dotson, hip. Both of those guys didn't work Wednesday, full work today. Um, Is Witherspoon the only one that might not go of that list? Looks uh, like it, yeah. Best uh, Larry Ogunjobi uh, went from did not practice to limited as Dotson did. Okay. That was kind of how those guys progressed last week. So tomorrow, big day as it always is. But uh, we shall see. They got T.J. Watt back last Sunday, and they might get Minka Fitzpatrick back this Sunday. It would be the first time wow. that they have T.J. Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, and Demonte Casey all available to yeah. the defense I mean, it's on the exactly same day. How they drew it up when they built the team, you know, and that's it pretty is. rare around Thanksgiving to have that. Real quick question on the injury report. I mentioned Witherspoon. Is he still a starter? Like, if he comes, does he? I don't think so. I, <laughs> I don't know that that's ever been clear to me, you know? You know, he got benched at halftime in the Philadelphia game. Yeah. And uh, he said after the game, I'm, I'm, I was healthy enough to play. I, uh, yeah. I didn't play well. I didn't make the plays on the ball. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the injury thing. And he hasn't played since. And they've been listing him right. as, been practicing uh, either, as hamstring. Right. Yeah. Right. So. Uh, maybe a little column A and a little column B, but I, okay. I think he's at the back of the line now. Yeah, I don't think he plugs right in and is the, yeah. the corner, you know, starting I mean, corner. I, I think it's Wallace and Sutton mm-hmm. and Millette as uh, the slot guy. We saw uh, Terrell Edmonds play some slot yeah. uh, in recent weeks. and now if, can hold up on the outside, too. And now if you get yeah. KZ uh, as part of your sub package, or maybe he starts and maybe Mink is the third down guy. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, you apparently have, have a lot of options now. Have some options. Bengals uh, development uh, in Cincinnati. Uh, DJ Reader, uh, the uh, massive run-stopping interior defensive lineman. He's been on IR, but he began practicing this week. Now, they don't have to list him. They don't have to activate him. Well, they got to activate him. Well, they activate him, but that doesn't mean he has to. By Saturday at, I think, 3 o'clock. But he doesn't have to be listed on the report, so he is not. But uh, the expectation, uh, both in the Steelers' offensive line room here and in Cincinnati from the people I talked to there, people think he's going to play. That's a big deal. I mean, he's not as well-known as some of the top defensive tackles in the league because he wasn't drafted in the top 10. He's a phenomenal player, and he's he's a modern-day nose that is phenomenal against the run. Their defensive numbers are night and day, not to the Watt level, but they're night and day with and without him. He's going to demand a double team. He can push the pocket. He's a really good player. No Jamar Chase hip. Uh, doesn't look like he's going to go. Your guy, Dax Hill, shoulder, uh, was also uh, did not participate for the Bengals today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Their secondary is a little not great. I mean, not, not great right now. Wuzier's out for the year. Yeah, and the other corner um, – that's been filling in uh, Taylor Britt mm-hmm. uh, 
Uh, he's another rookie. He's a rookie, what, third rounder? Yeah. Hill was the first. I think he was the second rounder, late second, because they were the Super Bowl runner-up. So he was at the very end of round two. Um, sort of a safety corner hybrid, bigger guy. But you can pick on him, and you and I were talking off the air. Eli Apple's nothing to write home about. I, I think they're outside corners, not necessarily Hilton. Uh, could be in for a long day against uh, Pickens and Deontay. And I thought those guys roasted the Saints corners, too. Yeah, Cam Taylor-Britt was a second-round pick out yeah. of Nebraska. Um, he's been filling in for a Wouzier. Uh, Mike Hilton, the, uh, the slot guy, is coming off a of pinky surgery. It looks like he's going to mm -hmm. be good to go. But, yeah, not exactly any uh, lockdown corner uh, or coverage no. candidates between Hilton, Apple, and Taylor-Britt. Right, and a Wouzier was having a really good year. It's kind of like, like last week where your top corner's out. The other guys were guys you pick on when your top corner's out. Now you can pick on two of them, you know? You got Dax Hill. I wanted to get back to him. Uh, yeah. Shoulder. Uh, he's only played uh, nine games. He's played in all nine games, mm -hmm. but he's only played eight percent of the defensive I snaps. Say his snap count's very low. Really surprised by that. Yeah, I thought. I mean, he was a first round pick on a defensive back. Usually, they're plug and play, and I, I don't know what the hang up is. Von Bell and Bates have. I don't think they've missed a snap. Basically, I mean, and they're a really good tandem. But what I loved about Hill is he could play slot. He's athletic enough to play outside corner. You would think you'd have Hit a, like a safety cover like a corner. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. I mean, you'd think you'd have a three safety package in mind from day one. I mean, as opposed to ah, he's probably gonna be Bates' replacement next year when he when he probably leaves. Yeah, I thought we'd see a lot more of him in the opener than we did. He only played a handful yeah. of plays then, I think uh, five snaps. And uh, it's kind of gone that way for him. Maybe he's a Michigan guy. Maybe he's having a hard time picking it up. Yeah, it might. <laughs> he might. Might be a little challenged that way. Uh, what to Expect is brought to you by Bryant, Patton, and Associates. It's all about the benefits. And, man, I don't have a great feel for this game other than mm -hmm. I expect typical AFC North football. Me too. I think these games are usually tugs of war, slogs, uh, physical. Uh, everybody knows everything about everybody. Yeah. And uh, – Low scoring and close. That That's my expectation. I, I, I can't so get too. a whole lot more detailed than that. Yeah, and that's the Steelers' formula. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't think either one of us thinks they're, the Steelers are all of a sudden going to put up 30 or 40 points. Um, but it's a quality defense they're playing against. Some oddities. I, I don't think it's an anomaly, but the Bengals are 0-3 in the division so far. And one of them's against the Steelers, of course. And we saw the Browns beat up on them pretty good. But their offensive production in in the AFC North games versus the other ones is like 15 points difference. Like, I kind of feel like the division has a bead on these guys. You know, like Dale and I were talking about on the drive today, if you watch week one, there's that back-to-back -back play when T.J. Watt almost takes the handoff and then basically decapitates Mixon. And then the next play, he gets a, a picks the ball off at the line of scrimmage. Like, I think the, the divisional teams are understanding some of the Bengals' tells, you know, and they're a little bit predictable. Yeah, 23-20 Steelers, of course, in the regular season opener on September the 11th. That game went to overtime because the Bengals missed an extra point that would have mm -hmm. won the game for them after their long snapper got hurt. And uh, that guy is still out, by the way. Oh, is he? Uh, Apparently they've replaced him better Clark, than they did in week one. Clark Harris, uh, Clark Harris excuse me, uh, was the guy. He got hurt. And uh, starting in week two, uh, the kid from Pitt, Cal Adamitis. Oh, okay. Uh, is the new long snapper. They have not had any issues since they went to him. But uh, those other division games, 
that you referenced. Uh, the Bengals lost 19-17 to at Baltimore in late September. Uh, again, not a lot of uh, no, explosion there. production, right. And uh, 32-13 to to the Browns uh, a couple of weeks ago. After that loss to Cleveland, Cincinnati played Carolina on November the 6th then had a bye this past weekend. Mm-hmm. And they blew the doors off the Panthers. In that Panthers game, the Bengals had more points, 35, in the first half than the Panthers had yards, 32. <laughs> I remember reading that after. I, I don't right. know if I've ever seen that happen That's before, hard to do. Right. Yeah, the, the, wow. but I, I think the division thing is real. And it, I do you know, too. We've seen a lot of games where we thought the Steelers were going to roll over the recent years, and mm-hmm. they did not. Uh, they either got beat or it was a struggle. Uh, you know, Cleveland plays Pittsburgh tough. Cleveland plays Baltimore tough. Baltimore plays Cincinnati tough. You know, yeah. around it goes. It's just one of those divisions. And I think that plays a little bit in the Steelers' hands, too, because if you are the lesser team, mm-hmm. you want to dumb it down, drag them down to your level. Yeah, exactly. Muck and grind it yeah. up a little bit, and no doubt. And I'm not implying the Steelers are going to sweep the table and go to the playoffs or anything, but pretty much all their difficult games starting this week ahead of them are division games. And I think that's a better situation because you can do damage to your division and just just the knowledge. I mean, I bet Raven-Steelers is going to come down to a field goal. I mean, it just kind of always does, you know? Speaking of which, uh, Danny Smith, the special teams coordinator, actually spoke today as well. He is a uh, very infrequent participant in Coordinator Thursday festivities. But uh, we talked uh, at length about Matthew Wright, the kicker that Mm -hmm. they brought in to replace Chris Boswell who's on the reserve injured list. Wright went uh, two for four against New Orleans, uh, missing from 39 and 48 yards and hitting a couple of 33-yarders. And Danny Smith expressed uh, great faith in Matthew Wright, Mm. said he trusts him. He's a good player who had a bad game. Okay. He had one bad kick. (laughs) I mean, he missed a long one barely. I mean, the one was ugly, you know. They don't have a lot of choice because – you're kind having, of married to him for having taken him off the Chiefs practice squad, he has to spend three weeks on the 53-man roster. Now, you could, you know, in I mean, theory, go, go get, get another, another kicker and yeah. just not dress him, but mm-hmm. they're not going to do that because they're thin enough already. Uh, Smith but ta- they liked him enough to go get him. Yeah, you know, yeah, right. it was 4-4 four for four for the Steelers on field goals in, in uh, 2020. Mm-hmm. I think 21-24 for Jacksonville the next year, and then 3-4 for four for the Chiefs this year, including a 59-yarder. Yeah. Right. And Danny talked about, hey, that you know, snap, hold, kick. Yeah, a guy can snap, a guy can hold, and a guy can kick, but they all have to be able to do it together. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, again, was uh, adamant that uh, they think Matthew Wright will be just fine. Yeah. Uh, I asked him about what he thought uh, Wright's, you know, line of demarcation is in terms of how long he could make a kick. And Danny Smith basically said, well, I don't want to tell you that, but I will tell you <laughs> I that's a good point. Yeah. things are very uh, fluid in a game. Uh, you know, you might not try a 59-yarder. That was the length he used at the end of the first drive of the game. Mm-hmm. But if there's two seconds left and you're down two, you're going to try You're going to try it, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, kickoffs depend on whether you want to pooch it or not and how good the other team's return is. He said basically there's a lot of factors that go into this. But uh, they think they're okay at kicker. Um, the Bengals, uh, Matt, we you haven't – You do s- think Boz will be back this year, though, right? You think this is probably another three or four weeks? I uh, have no information no, no. on okay. that one okay. way or the other. Okay. Uh, but no Jamar Chase for the Bengals. That That's oh. huge for them. But uh, just two games, the Browns game they lost, and in Carolina they didn't need them. I don't know that we know that, night and day. what this team looks like yet without them, other, uh, other than they leaned on Joe Mixon. They did. And sort of like the Steelers, this isn't what you ask, and I'll address that in a minute, but 
sort of like the Steelers, they've had one really, really good game on the ground, and it happens to be their most recent one. You know, so are they turning the corner? Is this the start of a good run of running? Or do we look back at the end of the season and be like, remember that game in the middle of the year when they actually ran the ball? You know, like, because yeah. Mixon has not had a great year. The, the line is not rebuilt. I can promise you that. And in, in what we do know about the Bengals. Yeah, we thought at the opener it was just, well, they hadn't played together in the preseason. And I think that was a part of it, but yeah. it hasn't gotten much better. Yeah. Um, they and the Rams are by far the teams that use 11 personnel the most. Three receivers, a tight end, and a running back. But I bet they won't. Because how do you get TJ blocked and you don't have Jamar Chase? So you're kind of making them play left-handed, and I bet you see a lot more two tight end sets. Joe Mixon, uh, five total touchdowns against Carolina, four rushing. Uh, four is the Al Bundy. Yeah. <laughs> five touchdowns. We like to call that the Kenneth Walker the third oh, okay. around here. Okay. <laughs> a lot more to get to, uh, so keep it here. Uh, in addition to naming uh, numbers of touchdowns, we will welcome Merrill Hodge, who knows a little bit about scoring touchdowns and uh, all other things Steelers and NFL. Merrill joins us on the other side of the break. Steelers preview on DVE is brought to you by Unibet. The only thing better than a Steelers win is a Steelers win that pays. Double down on your team with Unibet, proud partner of the Pittsburgh Steelers. With Matt Williamson, I'm Mike Persuda. You're listening to Steelers preview right here on your Steelers flagship. 102.5 DVE. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you know ever do that saying? with everyone Some people you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Back to the Steelers preview show presented by Unibet on DVE. Welcome back to the preview. Mike Pursuta and Matt Williamson with you tonight until 8 o'clock, getting ready for the Steelers and the Cincinnati Bengals this Sunday. The Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank reminds you to sack hunger, get food, volunteer, or donate at pittsburghfoodbank.org. Time now to welcome the third member of our team to the show, Merrill Hodge, joining us. And Merrill, I wanted to put down the chalk and stop diagramming X's and O's at the outset here tonight and Talk a little intangibles with you because what we saw at Akershire Stadium last Sunday was the return of a very special player, T.J. Watt, and uh, he brought down the thunder when the defense was introduced one by one and he ran 
out of the tunnel. He made a couple plays on the first two snaps for the Saints. He was engaging with the crowd. Seemed like everybody was inspired. Uh, Terrell Austin, a defensive coordinator, said today even he was clapping when he saw T.J. Watt run out of the tunnel. Uh, there are guys, I guess, that that just take everybody up. And Austin mentioned uh, from his Baltimore days, Ed Reed and uh, sure Ray, Ray Lewis. Lewis. And, uh, and, yeah. I mean, I know what TJ's done over his career, but I guess maybe when I'm this close to it, I, I maybe don't appreciate it as, as much as I should. Um, I guess what I wanted to ask you first was, is that kind of effect real in the NFL? Uh, in a league of highly paid, highly skilled professionals, can a group of men be impressed and inspired by a special man? Yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, with 100% certainty. You know, I always say that, you know, one guy does not make a defense, but one guy can make a big difference. Um, and that goes for offense and defense and even special teams. And he's um, he's that type of player. Now, what I appreciate about him, um, it's really not um, the sacks, the, the disruptions that he he creates, even though those are a lot and those are consistent. But he plays other, all other elements of the game fundamentally sound. You know, like when he was responsible for contain, and he's got to hold up the edge and not give contain, he does that. He forces the back the other way. Um, um, when he's supposed to hit a gap and, you know, disrupt and get penetration best he can to force the back or force the runner to the to the free defenders, he does that. You know, he does all of these things that you um, – that count that ultimately count, you know, like I, th- I think the sack is the most overrated statistic and the most hyped up non true football playing um, statistic that's kept. You know, listen, if you get say 20 sacks, okay, that that would you would consider that guy a good football player, right? You consider that well, guy a record setting football player, <laughs> right? And so you're like, but. In, in reality, that's 20 sacks out of some 1,800 plays. What's he doing on the other, you know, 1,780, you know, all throughout the year? You know, Good math those, on the fly uh, there, Merrill. <laughs> What's that? Good math on the fly there. Yeah, well, I was trying to use numbers that I could – my first grade math would stay with me, you know. So <laughs> I was – I was, I was, I was, I did the test and had the answer, so that's why I was able to do that. But um, you know, I'm just, I was trying to calculate, you know, roughly when you see how many plays. Now he won't play that many plays this year because he missed, he missed games. But um, you know, on average, you know, throughout the year, you can play around that, that many plays, you know. Um, but even if you use round numbers instead of thousand, you know, and you have 20 sacks, what are you doing on the other 980? Those matter, you know. Um, um, unless those 20 sacks were the absolute decision-making factor in confirming a win, you know, um, it's just, it's, um, it's an overrated one to evaluate, to say you're a good football player is what I'm getting at. You know, um, you sack the quarterback. That's all that means. You sack the quarterback 20 times. You did a good time job 20 times, but what are you doing the rest of the time? And the rest of the time, is equivalent to those 20 sacks and how he plays. And that's what I think uh, – well, I not think. I know that's what people appreciate. You know, when you go in to film room on Monday and none of us are in there with them, uh, it was true when I played. You just start watching all the little things people do and players do, those, those, those ones 
that give everything they well, I'll, I'll use a Chuck Noll term, you know, they're they're uncommon. They just don't do the minimum, they do the maximum. And he does the maximum in every aspect of the game. You know, when we when he's getting doubled, he fights through that double team. Continues to fight on I can't tell you how many times I've seen him shoot Seattle. I think it was the Seattle game last year. He stripped the sack at the end um, uh, to end the game, and he was being doubled the whole time. You know, um, but he never gave up. You know, those 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 type of plays that um, are lost in it. But why you just mentioned all those people are clapping <laughs> because <laughs> he's, he's I, I can see why your coordinator's clapping. I'd be clapping too. I'm about. I'm just about to become a better coach because <laughs> because 90s walking out on the football field and and you know um, I think you know, Mike you mentioned uh, ago you, you get around it and maybe you don't appreciate it and sometimes these injuries are you know take it for granted I guess would be a you know, better way to yeah, to put it but. yeah but now now that he's been away you know it's just like Ben you know for two years everybody's like oh Ben you know it's Ben it's Ben it's Ben. Well, then Ben leaves, and it's like, oh, wait a minute, which it was never Ben, quite honestly. It kept you in, it kept you in everything, quite honestly. You know, without him, you, you might not even have a, a winning record. Um, now you, then, then he's gone, you're like, oh, wow. You know, so, I um, know you could tell, I mean, he's he's got great energy, too, you know, and um, and people resonate with that, the fans resonate with that, and teammates resonate with that. Um so he did make a big difference, and he'll continue to do that as long as he's playing. Um, so they're lucky to have him. So it looks as though we may have another guy coming back from an appendix situation, unexpected, and could could bring us some more energy to a defense. And really, it, it, the defense is currently constructed, if that's true, how they drew it up in training camp. I mean, if Minka's back, do you expect to see a lot or a fair amount of big nickel or maybe him near the line of scrimmage, blitzing, slot, because KZ can handle some free safety stuff? Sure. Um, well, I would say this. You know, in the last four or five weeks, you know, what, what probably has gone unnoticed is they've, done, they've been really creative in the back end, mm-hmm. you know, and done that with guys that just came aboard, you know. So when you have guys that clearly know what they're doing, um, you know, they're probably even some more flexibility with how you go about defending. And it's a divisional opponent. So that I think is one of the most pivotal challenges for coaches is you know each other so well. It isn't like you can be a complete new offense and a complete new defense. You have to find different wrinkles. Um, and those wrinkles happen to have to happen when, you know, in critical moments. You know, it's not the first and 10 of games, you know, it's the third and six, you know, third and two. Um, down in, you know, scoring territory and it's first down and 10, you know, those, those type of moments where um, you're going to decide to gain. So um, that's where I think um, when you're playing a divisional opponent, you as, as a staff have to be creative and you have to self-evaluate and make sure you, you don't fall into the same tendency so they can take advantage of it um, and take, you know, build on your tendencies, you know. They've been seeing you do A all year long. You did it last time. Well, now you got to you got to come up with B. So um, they've done that. You know they did that well against the Bucks. They did a really good job against Miami. Um, trying to think of a couple other games, but they've done that. You know, and, and they and they have that creativity. I think as a staff, they've done a really good job of of matching up and doing the type of things that you need to do based on your opponent. You know, this this opponent has a lot of options. 
you know, in the receiving department. And they're running the football a little better, which um, always makes a team dangerous when that's happening is when, you, when you're doing that. So they'll have to be at their best. You know, they're not going to get as lucky as they did in the first matchup. All the turnovers, more than like that, just that doesn't happen the second go around. So, you know, more likely if it's a clean game, then you're going to have to play your best football. But if they play like they did against the Saints, and they absolutely, you know, there's, I would say there's one line that matters in football, and it's the line of scrimmage. And what side do you play on? You know, defense, if you're playing on the other side, you got a good chance of of um, of controlling your opponent. If the offense plays on the other side of the line of scrimmage, they got a good chance of controlling the game. And that's what they did against the Saints. When you fail to do that, uh, hard to win in the NFL. So um, since they've done it, you know, and they, they really did some things. Well, against the Saints, they really did some things. You know, the, the Taysom Hill package, I've watched them all year, the Saints all year. They've been, I mean, that power O, the counter, when they do run the football then, they do a good job. Very few. I haven't seen anybody stop them. Well, I can't get back. The Bengals actually did. You know, they really attacked their RPO with Taysom Hill and destroyed that. Um, And that was one of the things that helped them win the game. Well, the Steelers would not let them get that package going. Yeah, it's interesting you you bring that up, Merrill, because uh, you were talking about Watt always – doing his assignment and being where he was supposed to be. They ran uh, a read option with Taysom Hill, and he gave it to Kamara. And Kamara actually ended up gaining 14 yards, but Watt just smashed Taysom Hill. And Cam Hayward brought that up in the postgame, talking uh, to emphasize the point Hayward was making, that the Steelers played really good assignment football. And he said, even that play TJ, yeah, they got a run out of it, but that gave me confidence. We're going to be in the right spot. We're going to do what we're supposed to do. And They uh, do that to Lamar yeah, a lot, too. That's a pretty subtle thing, but a big deal, isn't it? Yeah, well, let me tell you this. Those read options, and I like that they – I've always felt the teams that will attack that – now think about it conceptually, okay? Um, well, I'll go back to what Chuck Noll said about, you know, making a big run. He's like, you don't dance. You ain't got time to dance, okay? And you're not a dancer. You go, you got to be decisive and you got to get to the line of scrimmage, okay? You got to get the one yard to two yard when you can get them. That's how the running game, um, that's how, that's just how precise the National Football League is. Now, in a read option, you're leaving an unblocked defender. Sometimes it's their best player because he's on the end, okay? In this case, it would be TJ Watt. Um, I have never understood why defensively you're okay with that and you make that guy sit there and play along. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like, I, I don't you get, get a free it. shot I'm at like, Lamar or Tua or whoever, you know I mean? Like, right. right. Take, take it. it. Right. Yeah. Take it. Take it. Decide where you're going to go. Now, listen, I've seen different ways of handling it. Like, you know, the path will usually be to the quarterback to force the handoff, if, you know, depending on what you're trying to do defensively. The others will be just go get the back, you know, depending on what, who, who, where you want the ball to be, you know, how comfortable you feel with your perimeter guys, you know, you know, from a Lamar Jackson aspect, I could clearly think you'd rather have it handed off, but they maybe do do such a good job up front. You don't want that. You want him to run laterally first and you have a free defender in there, you know, say, say it's Minka. Minka's coming up, you know, he's responsible for, for him, you know, but the, the free defender takes the back, forces, forces him to keep it pushes him lateral, and now, I mean, you got to make the tackle. And, you know, obviously we've got to have pursuit, too, to help us. But um, I've just seen – I can't tell you how many game plans I've seen with that work so well. But that's how the Bengals handled 
the Saints when they played them a few weeks ago in that uh, read option that they run with Taysom Hill. I mean, they keyed off on them. I mean, they quit running it. They After the first half, they quit running it. Couldn't run it. And I was like, gosh, why not? This is mind-boggling. But the defenses don't – every defense doesn't do that. Makes that play irrelevant. Merrill, the other uh, narrative here this week really started with Mike Tomlin uh, after the game Sunday and then again on Tuesday. And the offensive linemen have talked about this with me a lot this week as well. The Steelers think they got the double team thing figured out in terms of how long to stay with the double team so that it's effective and when to break off so that you can go get the linebacker at the second level. And, uh, boy, it worked a couple of times against New Orleans. Najee Harris looked like Najee Harris again all of a sudden. Uh, This could be potentially as game-changing for the offense as a healthy defense uh, could be on that side of the ball, could it not? Well, I told you that this game, they control the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball for the majority of the game. Not all the time, but majority, and that nobody's going to do it all the time. You know, at the end of the day, you just you get, you get 70 snaps, you hope you win 45 of them. Okay, you win 45 and you got a good chance to win your games. Um, they were outstanding up front. Um, not only did they work in unison and know when to come off, and but they got movement. You know, that that's some of the biggest problems. When you don't get movement, and you're sitting there fighting a defender, you know, um, that, now your back's late. Now you're late. He has nowhere where to run. Um, you know, timing things and seeing things as one is, this, is why I think that group has the hardest in all of football. Five guys have to work as one, you know, and maybe six because you throw a tight end in there. And they had people on the ground, had people accounted for, and they got movement and they sustained blocks. That that's ultimately what you got to do. Making a block is one thing; sustaining it's another. They did all of those. Shoot, um, Pickens. Um, you know, they put him inside. I, I don't know that he's probably been closer to the formation. I just haven't seen him do it a lot. You know, he comes in and you know tattoos a defensive end on one of the rows. Yes, he did. You know, I mean, <laughs> he loves it. You know, and you know, I mean, and, and that's what you need. You know, and I tell you this: you guys have a blocking is about. I'm telling you what, ninety percent of it is just being a willing participant. Okay, most people aren't willing. Okay, this is honest. Especially when we talk about wide receivers, you know, throw some sprinkle some tight ends in there. Even even backs, you know, they just they don't want to get, just your effort to be committed to go get somebody is just ninety percent of the battle. You know, then there's some fundamentals and techniques guy you got to apply. But you know, getting a guy to just be willing to go do it is is the biggest task. And he looks like a will, like, you know, he knocks people off the line of scrimmage all the time. Now going down the box and taking on a defensive end. Now listen, he, he chips the defensive end, but nonetheless did a great job, got him on the ground. That's what you need. That's what you ask him for. You're not asking him to take him on one-on-one, you know, head up because that's a mismatch. Kind of stood but over him for a little, little, little half a second <laughs> too. Yeah, enjoys it. Yeah. Sort of, yeah. sort of yeah. let the yeah. guy yeah. know who wanna, did it. Yeah. You might want to reconsider that. I just, I just <laughs> still you know, move, on, move on. Move <laughs> on. Because <laughs> those guys remember that stuff. They look you up. Trust me. <laughs> so, so um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. But I liked it. Yeah, I liked it. That, that, you know, that you saw that, you know, and that makes such a difference, you know, in the running game. And, you know, hopefully they see that. They go, you know, go, you go and film and you get energized by that. And here's what they've done for themselves. You've established, you know, your ability of your, your, your standard lies. You can do this. You know, now you just got to have it on a consistent basis. So, Merrill, this was the first game without Chase Claypool, and that opens up a lot of snaps for a fifth skill guy. Did you like how they handled yeah. that? I mean, they used a lot of different bodies there, but bigger bodies. 
Uh, well, I do. You know, and, and first of all, I think they have. Um, you know, Chase Claypool can play. You know, play in the slot area. You know, mm-hmm. he, you know, he did that in Notre Dame. He played all over. But you know, if you want to, if you really think about it, um, I can't think of '89's name right off the top of my head. It's escaping me right now. But Gunnar um, Olszewski. There you go. Olszewski. He, you know, he's he's a true he's a true slot guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he plays that slot very well. And, yeah, I think you really have good balance and you have a lot of options, you know, and different phases that you of players in your passing game from short to intermediate to vertical. And you can really stress a defense, you know, schematically. You do it right, you know, you can stress them every play. And, um, and you got a tight end that controls the middle of the field and does a lot of things for you. So you, from a skill position perspective, you have a lot. You have the people in place. You know now you just got to get your your quarterback. If he gets more experience and gets more confidence, he's going to play better. And listen, if they run the ball like that, I will tell you this: any quarter, every quarterback loves that. It makes it so much easier. And your play caller makes it so much easier. Listen, it's a lot easier to be second and one, second and five, third and two, third and three, than second and eight and third and eight and second and ten and third and ten. And like the Saints were, you know, they're long yards almost all of the time because the defense, you know, controlled them so much by winning the line of scrimmage with their running game. So um, this actually, this is going to be a very interesting game, you know, because the Bengals have gotten a lot better in areas they needed to with their offensive line. And so have the Steelers, you know, um, Jamar Chase, you know, I think a lot of people are wondering if he's going to play. I think he's going to play. I don't know. You know, that guy's a, that guy's a problem. I think he's going to play this I week. I think he will. I think he will. I, I don't. I haven't heard one way. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, what he's not practicing if that means anything. But I guess they could probably yeah, throw him out there. <laughs> he's yeah, a little freakier you know, than most. You know, I will tell. You, yeah, he just <laughs> he's a he's one of those difference makers. You know, um, that just it's hard to have an answer for. You know, so. And they got a great chemistry there. So if he doesn't play, that's surely helpful. You know, less stress on your D. Um, like Cal, but you can't go to sleep because I'm going to tell you this: they, they do have. I mean, their receivers are they're deep. I mean, they're as deep as anybody in football. You know, so it isn't like they're they're wounded now beyond repair. <laughs> you know, don't don't think that way because they are not. And they go back to the running game; it's gotten a lot better too. They 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 played uh, they ran the ball much better in the last couple weeks. Merrill, last thing for you. Um... The point you made about the Steelers' offensive line and having confidence and knowing what they're capable of. Uh, I thought New Orleans a little banged up, mostly in the secondary, a little bit up front, but a pretty good front. Pretty comparable yeah. to the Bengals in your estimation. If if you can do it against Demario Davis and those guys the Saints have sure. in uh, the trenches. Cam you can Jordan and those guys. You yeah. can do it against yeah. uh, DJ Reader and uh, Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson. Yeah, listen, I, I, it, you know, when you think about it, you know, there's not much difference. You know, they're, they're, they're smidgens. You know, it's not like college where, listen, eight, eight, eight out of my 11 games were just better than the other guy. It's, this is not that case. I mean, you watch this Monday night game, Philadelphia undefeated, Washington, they, you know, they're, they're they're coming along. Heineke, you know, he's giving them an energy. And they, you know, end up beating them. I, I, they, this, they're all pros. And clearly, once you you play the way you did um, against the Saints, that, they need a shot of confidence. You know, I'm sure they've been rattled. You know, because you know they have not played well consistently at any point of the season till that Saint game. 
Now this Bengal front seven, they have some ends, and I just think they're they're a little better as a as a front. But that, they're not so good that we can't we can't run like we did last week. We can't play like we did last week. You know that has no bearing on how we play. You know they're not that good. You know, and that that's a mindset you already have to create in your in yourself. They're very good, you know, but they're not they are not better than we are. And if they play the way they played against the Saints, I'm telling you, they did a great job of getting. They played fast too. I mean, I can't. I'm telling you, can't tell me the time plays I just slowed down. Like, good gosh, these guys are just smoking off the ball, you know. And they had them on they had them on skates, you know. They got them moving too right away. Whereas prior to that, you, you know, it was almost like a hesitation at the snap. If that makes any sense, there was a hesitation, and boy, first contact wins in football. No, it, was, they were not having first contact wins. It they, makes great sense. They were. Great sense, and it looked different. And uh, I hope it stays that way. Merrill, we'll do it again next That's week right. before Thanksgiving as we get ready for the Steelers and the Colts. All right, go Steelers! Thanks, guys. Thanks, Merrill. Merrill Hodge uh, here on Steelers Preview. Gear up with the latest sideline apparel, hats, or jerseys of your favorite players. Authentic memorabilia. Custom items and exclusives you can only find directly from the team at one of the official Steelers Pro Shops located at Acrosure Stadium, Grove City Premium Outlets, or Tanger Outlets. You can also visit us online at shop.steelers.com. One more segment to go for uh, Matt and myself. We'll get to that on the other side of the break with Matt Williamson. I'm Mike Persuda. You're listening to Steelers Preview right here on your Steelers flagship 102.5 DVE. Back to the Steelers Preview Show, presented by Unibet on DVE. Welcome back. Mike Pursuta and Matt Williamson with you until 8 o'clock tonight here on Steelers Preview on your Steelers flagship, 102.5 DVE and SNR. Yin's Chat is the Steelers predictive and trivia game. Answer questions, make picks, and win prizes. Play on your own against Steeler Nation in our new pub- public group or create your very own private group to compete against family and friends. You can play Yin's Chat exclusively in the Steelers' official mobile app. Matt, the uh, Yin's Chat question of the week this week, T.J. Watt, over or under one and a half sacks? Well, in his last seven home games, Mr. Watt has 15 sacks and didn't have one last one. I'm going over. Leo Collins is probably going to be stuck on him alone from time to time. That's a problem. Um, two's a big number, but I'm going over. I'm going to go under. I think he gets one. I mm-hmm. think they're going to spend a great deal of time and energy blocking him, <laughs> yeah. as the Saints did. But I think he's going to get the ball out once because he okay. was he was hammering away even on the runs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I think he's going to force a turnover and come up with a sack. So that's more than one okay. and a half. But Burroughs getting the ball out of his hands very uh, quick. It's not going to win the question. <laughs> uh, Kenny Pickett. We haven't talked about him until just now, and I guess that's progress that there were some other things to actually discuss. I looked at his performance Sunday as, well, he wasn't very accurate, but at least they were trying to take some shots. Yeah, And I've been waiting for that for so long. Uh, I'm almost okay with them missing as many times as they did. Mm -hmm. Uh, What say you about uh, number eight? Uh, I I was, of all the the positive things that came out of that, I'm going to kind of end here on a down note because I was not happy with the way he played, to be very honest with you. When you watch the tape, Pickens and Johnson consistently got the better of the Saints' corners. Uh, if you watched it on TV, you probably noticed there was easily five or six throws he should have completed. There's probably more he should have attempted. I'm with you, though. I like the aggression. He's never he, That's never been a problem for him. He will attempt the throws. Not all quarterbacks do. 
But what worried me most, and this it doesn't mean it's going to be set for life, is he was very frenetic in the pocket. They did not rush the passer like a six-sack defense. He ran into sacks. He, pay attention to his helmet and eye level. He drops his eyes a lot, which means he's looking at the rush and not receivers. And but I'm not saying he should be Tom Brady, but think of Tom Brady's calm helmet. Well, Pickett doesn't have a calm helmet. And good thing he can run because that bailed him out of a lot of bad pocket presence things. <laughs> you know, running into sacks, making life harder on his linemen, not feeling the rush. The the Marinos and Brady's that are and Mannings that aren't great athletes, short little steps within the pocket. That's pocket presence, and it's hard to hard to have, and he didn't show much of it. You know, that bothered me a little bit as well. The one in particular that really stood out to me was a goal line play. It was the one in which Pat Fryermuth got called for an illegal formation because he wasn't up on the line of scrimmage. Yeah. But it was a, it was a seven-man protection against a four-man rush, and he just got skittish back there yeah. and started running around, and it ended up as There's a no sack. reason to do that. And then they ended up trying a field goal. Um, one of the things that uh, – those linemen don't know where you're at. Your back is turned. You, you yeah. might run right into them. You know? He's going to have to work on that. Steelers preview on DVE is brought to you by Unibet. The only thing better than a Steelers win is a Steelers win that pays. Double down on your team with Unibet, proud partner of the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's going to do it for us tonight. We uh, won't be coming at you next Thursday night because uh, that's Thanksgiving. Yep, but yep. Uh, we will be on the air as soon as I find out exactly when that's going to be. Uh, we'll pass that along via Twitter and some other social media outlets. Uh, until then, uh, for Merrill Hodge and Matt Williamson, for IU Jake behind the glass, keeping us on the air, I'm Mike Pursuta. Thanks for finding us wherever and however you found us. You have been listening to Steelers Preview right here on your Steelers flagship, 102.5 DVE. Good night, everyone. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count.